0: So my good friend, Andy Kurtz, and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now, it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number five, 60% of the time, redesigns work every time. Hello, everyone. My name is Kirk Vysola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font. And I'm here with my good friend, Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And we are Kirk and Kurtz packaging design podcast show retro review special people's thingy. Um, It's so good to see you, Andy. I, I was last week was weird because, you know, we both had shit going on and 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 we had to redo things and reschedule things, but we finally hooked up and we finally got the podcast together and, and it was really fun. Uh, this one I think is even going to be more fun, more yeah. fun and more thrills. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys know, we come in here every week and we talk about packaging and it's not just about packaging design and aesthetics, but also the ins and outs of owning our own firms and the trials and tribulations that we face as well as the, the successes, successes and triumphs. And I really have a good time talking to Andy. It lifts my spirits and gives me hope in in the future of my career and in this field. Because some days we just don't feel like doing anything. It beats you down. It beats (laughs) you down big time. So how was was your week, Andy? It's been good.
1: Um, Just trying to wrap things up before, you know, sort of... Taking a hopefully an easy week, at least work-wise. It won't be easy with (laughs) preparing food and family-wise. Oh God. It's gonna be easy work-wise, because like all our clients, you know, obviously, like they whether no matter what your denomination is or all that kind of stuff, people pretty much like Thanksgiving week, they're done. They're checked out. Yep. Yeah. And so, but it's just, you know, trying to get things ready for that and then lining stuff up for um for the start of the year um just all that kind of stuff like and i mean this could be a whole another podcast but it's like you know as like a running your own thing like you um you celebrate the end of the year but then you your the pit of your stomach like drops because you're mm-hmm. like i have to do this again next year and and it's like and it, so on one hand you're like you celebrate that you survived and hopefully thrived this year but then you have to do not you don't have to do it all over again like it's groundhog day but you just it's like well yeah now now you just have to jump back into it and and set things up so you can keep going into the next year so um yeah
0: mentally preparing for for that is is usually the hardest part yeah once you're in it though and and i'm realizing this too like there's just days where i don't feel like fucking doing anything um (laughs) just because like like, I'm just, I'm just spent, man. Like this has been, I'm just tired of, of the pandemic. I'm tired yeah. of always having to to go out and hustle and prove myself to clients and find clients and then do the work. And and you always, as as we were just talking about before we got on, you always have to, to be on. You always have to be thinking and doing stuff. And then yeah. sometimes you just can't. And then you will have that epiphany moment, like, you know, where, oh shit, this is what we need to do. So hopefully there's enough time for you to have that moment. <laughs> as opposed to being being pressed and stressed on deadlines where you're not able to fully matriculate an idea that you may have. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I, I do appreciate the, the hard work that goes into anybody who is an entrepreneur and what they have to do and, and what they have to, the guides and goals they have to meet in, or, meet in order to make sure that they don't trip on their feet or fail or whatever. It's truly, truly crazy. Last week, we spoke about something that was very interesting, and and it was the bugs, violators, <laughs> know, and, and different aspects on the front of the package. And one thing that you said that most people don't really think about and they should think about is the next phase. Like, what's the next phase to your package? What's the next phase to your design? And when mm-hmm. does it come time or when is it purpose to actually do a redesign? When do you need to make that necessary step in order to... Make sure that your brand continues to succeed or doesn't fail miserably, and I really, really love this this topic because it's super super subjective, and there's so much nostalgia and history and um, notoriety and familiarity bred within the, within your brand that if you have a, a very um, active and very loyal following, sometimes it can be a bit alienating to those who followed you. Um, so, and if you totally change the package, so what I like to do is I think about what is the best thing you can do for the packaging, and and how can you make it new but not too crazy. Some people yeah. do it well, and some people just fuck it up. And we're gonna—I'm—I have a couple brands in mind. I know you have a couple brands in mind, but this is going to be a very interesting topic to talk about.
1: Yeah, no, redesigns are one of those just. Um, I guess it's almost like the probably in every um, sort of design meeting is the elephant in the room, whether you're a completely established brand or you're brand new, you just launched and you realized that, you know, some of the things could have been articulated a little better on your on your packaging. And and so from a design perspective, it's always something we salivate over you know it's like the opportunity to sort of make your mark on a on a brand that is out there and established is a, is very attractive and um you know when 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 we talk about it i try not to be too um excited about it with clients you know because it's like i don't want i don't want my emotions to cloud or sway the decision Um, but it is something that, that as designers, we get really excited about now from a, from a brand owner perspective, it's terrifying because you have seen, and we all know, you know, the, the gaps in Tropicana's of the world Mm -hmm. that did these relaunches, did these redesigns and were, you know, just totally raked over the coals, um, destroyed as
0: they should have been because it was just terrible.
1: It, yes. And, and, you know, we're not going to relitigate any of that, you know, you, there's <laughs> it's very well documented, but, you know, on one hand, I agree with you, like just from a, from like a design perspective, um, you know, there, there are, there are rules that were broken that we can all point at, you know, whether, whether or not you feel like you liked it, or you were emotionally invested in the brand beforehand, and then they changed it. Now you feel hurt. All that kind of stuff is sort of subjective, but there there were objective rules yes. that were broken. Right. Um. But, on uh, but on the to play sort of the devil's advocate, because at the time when I think when both of those rolled out, another big redesigns, um, in, during like the 0- 08, 2007 through two thousand fifteen, when I was working in house at a you know corporation company. I empathized with either the agency or the in-house group that tried to redesign, tried to tackle this project because, you know, to be an armchair uh, quarterback design-wise, armchair creative director, you know, whatever, it's easy for us to do that and just tear it apart. But then I was like, but we weren't in the, we didn't write the creative brief for this. We didn't, we weren't in the meetings where they were you know, getting this direction and like, we don't know what happened. I mean, somebody is responsible, but, you know, to, to sort of put it all either on the designers or the, I don't know, it just, part of me feels bad about sort of ripping apart redesigns, especially when they first launch. Yeah, You know, there are so many hot takes on redesigns because of social media that it's like, let's let this simmer for a little bit and just see what how it's adopted you know like we didn't have this luxury back in the day to like tear something apart it would launch slowly you know like Mm. you know like we talked about you'd run through inventory so like there would be existing packaging on the shelf and then there would be the new packaging Mm -hmm. new looks and great taste all this kind of stuff and slowly but surely people had time to get used to the pack the new the new look and feel and then one day you're like you don't even realize that it was redesigned because it was a year that it took to cycle through
0: all the old packaging. Right. Um, so and that, that's true, man. And also too, the thing we we, we mentioned definitely knife ugh, words. The one thing we mentioned definitely a lot, and also we speak towards and I've spoken to the towards this before is trends and what's yeah. hot and what's cool. And there's a difference between. There's a difference between being trendy and a difference between being progressive. Now, being trendy and progressive may look the same sometimes, but there usually is a certain reason as to why people do things and the rules that they follow in order to move forward with the project or process. For instance, you know, like when I one of, one of the ones I'm just going to get into it, it that I didn't really care for too much was Campbell's soup mm-hmm. and the new redesign. I think it was done by. Turner Duckworth? Is that right? Yeah. But looking at the old package and look at the new package, there isn't a tons of discernible, so it's more of a a evolution than a revolution. Yeah. But some of the stuff that was was done and the way it was handled, I think, could have been a little different. Just because it doesn't make sense as to why they, they did it. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna share my screen real quick. Yeah. For instance, when you're when you're looking at at, at the soup and looking at the can, you know she knows the old font and they have a script here, but it's not a script, it's more of a what would you call this? I guess you call it a script.
1: Cursing yeah,
0: yeah. Um and there's a certain nomenclature for it, but basically the, the letters are connected and they're more of a slab and thick, thickened you know, embellished font. But if you look at the new one, they just lost all the connections but kept the same letter form. So they don't really make a lot of sense in that case, right? Like, why do you need to have this E, which is already odd? But at least in this case, it's like, okay, it makes a little sense because it's, there's some type of relevancy. There's there's some connectors in between. But then you lose all the connectors and then you lose how things cross over in the C and then the B, it just doesn't make sense, and then the S—it's—it's it's really hard to make that make sense from here. And I can see what they did, but why not just keep the lines in between? Yeah, and and also too, the best part about this for me is the illustration. They just updated this illustration. It's it's basically the same layout, but it's super fun. They put like some little highlights on it. They made it a lot more. Um, yeah defined and and very very chic so when you look at that up close and you see the comparisons it's night and day the bottom's still the same but i don't get this they added on yeah why why do you need to add on a, a fruit if it's already saying what it is i don't i don't understand that and um, so they didn't overall affect the the hierarchy of the pack It's still the same but there's certain things that were done that I didn't think were necessary. Um, Like with just with lettering and that's the biggest thing for me is why, why do they fuck it up by trying to modernize it without really modernizing it. So, and that's one of those things like we were just talking about how can you slam them if you don't know what was going on. But to me, it seemed like they were trying to do something to refresh it and clean it up. But when you do that, sometimes you have the potential of breaking things. That's just and this is totally my opinion and it's objective um and we don't know what the brief said so that's that's where i'm going with with this one that for for redesign is a kind of a a miss for me
1: yeah it um i i it confuses me the the breaking apart of the letter forms as well um and i'm i'm sure they've written it up somewhere I should look it up and see the the you know the thinking behind um doing that but yeah like there's it seems like you could have modernized that type if you wanted to create more space and just sort of a little bit more breathing room in between the letter forms without breaking them apart like they could still have been connected yeah Um, because it does sort of feel a little disjointed yeah um and then the yeah it's interesting that they traded the the sort of larger flavor um identifier for the product photography which is off to the side um i just i don't know like campbell's just seems so iconic that they don't really need to resort to showing pictures of stock pictures of tomatoes or, uh, or beef, pieces of beef. Um, I don't know, that, that kind of stuff. And then I, while I appreciate sort of the, the like the one color flattened treatment, you know, where they don't have the, the black um, shadow behind Campbell's, they, the, the soup uh, wording is now just gold. Yeah. And it doesn't have that black with the little um, gold um, lines around it. Like, right. I appreciate that, but I also feel like it lost a little bit of its personality um, when it when it sort of went to that one color flat, or not one color, but you know, sort of flat. Exactly.
0: Yeah, the simplification. That, that's that's something, dude. That's the thing for me too. Is is how do you simplify without dumbing down? Um, that's that's kind of where I'm feeling this this went they the weird thing was they really brought tons of attention to the center of the pack with the seal by making that super elaborate but then pushed everything else back like pushed back the size of the tomato the soup um, the top with the Campbell's it's just they pushed everything back but then for some reason wanted to emphasize the seal and then add this tomato and the biggest problem with with for me with with the adding of of an image or adding of a tomato is it doesn't do anything for the pack there's Mm -hmm. no appetite appeal there's no need because you already say tomato and people are used to buying it you don't need the appetite appeal i guess if you're trying to appeal to people who don't who don't read english or who don't look at things in, in english or see it that way it might help by having some type of of product on there to show what it is but other than that i really can't see as to why you would need to have that on there it feels weird too everything's centered and then off to the side is just this it's almost like a throwaway yeah like i mean for me it would have been like more fun here you know like like as a little hint of flavor and then the name underneath it yeah. or something. I don't know. It's just doesn't make much sense. And the other thing yeah. too that that I think they could have improved is I never understood with Campbell's is the whole um ratio of, of pages and layouts. When things are split like 50-50, which this is, it automatically takes away from the design too. If they just would sort have of brought the red up like a little bit and made the seal smaller and the branding a little a hub a higher well a little higher. I think also that would have helped too by making the red like start it off or even make the red bigger and go lower. But one of the two, like being in the middle, just feels very, I think that could have been a push that they could have tried to explain as to why aesthetically it would have been more, more pleasing to the eye as opposed to seeing it 50 50. Yeah. But mm, just me. Yeah. So Campbell's overall, the, if I, if I were to grade this, I'd give it a solid C. Yeah,
1: it's just average.
0: <laughs> it's it's not, as far as an evolution goes, it's not too crazy. But as far as them being able to do more to make it easier to digest, since it is soup, boom, boom, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I think they could have done a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I agree with you, I, um, it always fascinates me when like really big studios, which do amazing work, um, <clears throat> you know, sort of do these redesigns and, um, and either how much they change them or how little they change them. And, you know, you assume that if it's a major studio, it's likely was a huge budget Yes. You know, and so it's like sort of fascinating to sort of think about sort of the, the conversations that happened um, as this sort
0: of went together. And I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's also a certain amount of of sensitivity to that I totally understand. And, and I've worked I've worked at places before where they've had a product around for, you know, 40 or 50 years. And it's like a flagship product. And no one wants to touch it. No one wants to do anything to it because it's super sacred. And I feel that, you know, putting yourself in TD's shoes, you have to see that they had to make sure they weren't offending anybody or or going too far, which probably means that they had some, at least one more option or something that pushed the envelope a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I I would love to see those. I would love to see the the deck and, and how they went about explaining it and what they're explaining i'm sure a case study will come up but seeing seeing as to how they arrived at this conclusion would be so great
1: yeah yeah no that's and that's what it, you know we we talked about like we weren't we weren't there for the creative brief we weren't in all the meetings and all the negotiations so it's hard to, to sort of judge what came out of it but um yeah um I, w- I want. to say. Or I guess it wasn't Turner Duck. With I, th- I was going to say it was um, JKR also redesigned. Like, um, oh uh, Burger King maybe.
0: Yes, I ha- that was my other one, dude. Burger King. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. And. It- it, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'll, I'll share the screen because I have it up too. Yeah. But, Perfect. But for me, when I when I saw this, I brought all three up. Like the old school then the the retro like that feels super 90s right and then burger king the new one and i guess i guess going back to it there has to be a reason as to why too and i'm sure they explained it but i don't know i i just i i personally have a little bit of a problem with with going backwards on something like this um I guess the simplification is probably easier for for people to pick up on. And,
1: and, and to your point around like trends and, and sort of the way we're, we're moving, um, you know, we're, we are sort of uh, in this sort of retro throwback for certain brands um, uh, uh, trend right now, you know? Yeah. And like to go back to the original um, design to revisit that makes sense to me for sure. Um, and it is more legible. It's like the, you know, they refined the the yeah. letters. Um, they made it look like an actual bun versus the <laughs> the two little things <laughs> on top, top and bottom. But I think one thing to think about this, and I, 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 I do agree with you on, like, could there be another idea out there that wasn't anything like the previous two so that that definitely um so let's say there it was very clear that they had to revisit the old option okay Mm -hmm. what i like about the burger king redesign is all the supporting material. so when you like yes like how they've branded life yeah in the packaging in the communication all that kind of stuff is so fun and it's really neat to see how it came to life versus, um, you know, just seeing an isolated logo, you know, like it's, that's the other sort of hard thing about redesigns too. Um, And yeah, you've pulled up like a whole timeline, which is sort of like, I can't, that 1954 one's hard to look at (laughs) with the sunburst. I do like that one, you know, the 1957 one with the King or the Whopper guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's a little home of the Whopper, he's the Burger King. But, yeah, I brought all these up, too, to show you that it wasn't their first time yeah. you know, revisiting it. It's, that's true. It, it just seems, God, I mean, that's the thing. You're so right, especially with McDonald's, quote-unquote, rebrand, and how they're showing all of the filet fish and then Burger King does the same thing. They, they both went very retro, like 70s retro. Yeah. yeah. Um, where it's big fonts, big colors, bright colors, bright patterns. And it looks really nice, it looks really cool, but what's the longevity on it? Like, yeah. And I think with fast food and how often they go through redesigns, it's it's incredible that um, places like Coca-Cola haven't really done much to their logo at all. Yeah. Like they haven't touched the script, right? And, <laughs> and one of the things I heard in regards to like the script and, and not doing something was someone said, oh, I hate that script. It's so ugly, the Coca-Cola script. It, I've never heard that come out of anyone's mouth before. Yeah, um, Just speaking, it was a designer, younger designer, and, and she was very adamant that she hated it. And they really couldn't give a reason as to why. They, they thought it felt dated, and it wasn't this, and it wasn't that. It's like, there's a reason why it's been around for so long, because it works. And when you think about redesigning something, you really have to think about, what's the longevity going to be on it yeah are you are you really going to find a niche where it's going to last for a while as opposed to just being you know today's hot flavor or today's hot trend yeah and there's so and i know there's so much thought and that's why we're both very tedious in regards to to how we comment on this because we're designers and we're always going to have a subjective opinion about what about what we see but then there's also reasoning as to why people are doing things and and it would it would be awesome if companies would just paste everything or post everything up as to why they did it um yeah that's that's the thing that bothers me but yeah I yeah know, it would,
1: would be nice to get sort of like liner notes and backstories to these yeah. That's not that's not a um And we, you know, you sometimes get those in case studies and stuff, but even design studios are going to gloss over stuff and they're going to freshen stuff. They have their own PR people that they're trying to make. You know, obviously you have probably like contractual things that you can or can't say about the project with the client. So it's like, it's almost like we need like these like little like, like with politics, we need like little like leaked exposés of like famous redesigns um yeah you know because we you know because it would be interesting to sort of hear like an anonymous like take on the backstory of redesigning Burger King (laughs) yep and I bet it would be just as salacious as we think it is
0: (laughs) yep no dude that's that's so great and I really think people would would seriously buy into that
1: it'd be fun to get sort of a behind the music type of thing but yeah you know and um yeah so let, what do we, so let's shift gears and let's talk about our favorite. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're right. I got to, I tried to get out of this because I was trying to be the nice Southerner and not speak ill of anybody, but this is tough. <laughs> but, um. but yes, Kirk brought up my most recent sort of, um, and it was a lot of people's. It wasn't just me. Uh, recent redesign that, uh, tweaked a lot of people and it is, uh, anchor steam beer redesign. And to give you a little context and backstory, I briefly went to school out in San Francisco and college and fell in love with anchor steam. I love the, just the, the, um, allure of it like the old school label the this like concept of like steam and beer and like how it was like from as far as I understand one of the only breweries that brew it as part of their process in America and so they just were so unique and just had this such a good thing going for them and it was just so iconic and um and even like the on the back of the bottles, they, they're, um, they're like their technical um, information side. Um, it ha- It's like this particular like slate blue. It's very specific. And it's, but it was such a beautiful blue. I mean, it just like looked like, basically like the Pacific, you know, or like, um, I don't know, like a cloudy day Pacific. And then their cap looks like a sunny day. The, yeah. the bottle cap. And it just, it's like, I don't know, it just was, it just for me summed everything up for from an outsider, like what sort of the um, mythology and everything that's wrapped up in like San Francisco, and like, um, and yeah, and then they redesigned it, and it looks like every other contemporary beer brand brewery out there.
0: Yeah. And
1: they lo- i i don't know just yeah go ahead you you can uh you weigh in on this
0: <laughs> yes dude and you you've you've hit the nail on the head man it's it's on trend of what's hot right now anchor steam was one of, like for me i thought it was like one of the original craft brews like, yeah it wasn't really mainstream and i remember the first time i had one i was going to a giants game like i'll try one of those anchor steams and we sat on on the Embarcadero at this place, had a burger, and Anchor Steam, it was one of the best meals I had, and one of the best beers to accompany it, and I'm not a beer drinker, I'm not a big beer drinker, but Anchor Steam is a damn good beer, and I remember the label itself, it just felt, it feels right, you know, it felt right, it felt like that's what belonged on it, it felt like even the awkwardness, and odd type treatment, it's everything, yeah. It fit it fit the can, it fit the, the brewery, because that's just how it was it was born, it was how it was brought up, it wasn't perfect, it was and and then they go to this super clean and, and here's the thing, the, the new packaging is really nice. It's nice. I mean if, if I if I were to see this and if it was something else besides anchor brewing I'd be like, Oh, that's a nice design.
1: It's but, attractive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah eye-catching
0: yeah yes but it's not it's it's not in line with what they could have done i wish they would have had some type of transition from from the old to the new like could you have cleaned up the anchor steam beer on in the banner and kind of did the anchor and kind of just clean things up a little bit to keep the same hierarchy like campbell's you know where you're doing an evolution as opposed to a revolution but this is a complete revolution when i first saw this in the store. I, I was like, what is that? That's not Anchor Steam, is it? That's weird. Like, that was not yeah. my reaction. Um, it wasn't like, oh, that's cool. It was like, what the fuck is this? Um, and I think this is one of those those situations probably where they're like, oh, our sales are down and we need to do something to freshen it up and freshen up our our look and feel. And some marketing person said, oh, that's great. Let's have someone redesign it. And this is what they came up with, but I, I would, I would seriously, this is probably the one that's most interesting to me to see where they were thinking or what they were thinking, because Campbell's has a ton, ton of um, nostalgia to it and a ton of people who look at it and the changes that Tanner Dirkworth made, I think were, were well, well thought out and, and handled okay, because, because they didn't go too far. This one, it kind of seems like it's not the heritage itself isn't that crazy, but people like you and people who are from the Bay Area and that have had Anchor Steam know what it looks like. And then to go here with it, it just feels like I can see why they did it. They wanted to reach a wider audience, you know, they wanted to spread their wings and go everywhere. But I just think like, why why let go of that that piece of you that was always just kind of cool? Yeah. that's the thing that's that's interesting to me but i when this came out
1: i remember um just seeing uh an article pop up from the san francisco chronicle um that they interviewed the guy that drew that original anchor um jim Stitt, and he's still alive mm-hmm. and he um he actually lives in san Rafael, and that where you live no, no. I live in San Diego. But San Rafael is pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he said <laughs> he was very diplomatic. He said, of course I can't be critical of them. I expected them to make some major modifications and they did. I think it's okay. It's not bad. It's just different. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and um, he did bring up a good point about how to your, and it's, it, and it's, it hits on your, um, your take on them reaching a wider audience and, and probably broader distribution is that he said that he saw a very strong shelf impact, yes, and that you know he thinks what they've done is probably correct for the current audience. So, so yeah, like for a lot of us who are emotionally attached and to this original design and brand, um, it does. It's it's hard to to sort of like put that put those emotions away and just appreciate it for the design you know like shelf design aspect because it does like now when i go we can get just regular we can get the the christmas beer here and then the i guess we can get the porter too i don't know we can get just about all of them yeah over here in north carolina but it is so easy to find this now especially in like the little six-pack can like yeah this is like it like shouts at you. So, like I could always find it and I could always hunt it out because I knew what I was looking for. That yep. you know the the bottle uh, in the in the holder. But now it's very easy to find, and so I hope that that brings in a lot of new sales of people discovering it because it's like I've never noticed this before. Yeah. Um, you know yep. what's this new beer? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, and that's that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, oh wow, that's nice when I first saw it. Because it was bright, it's yellow, it's it really pops off the shelf, and that's the thing you're trying to do with your product is to make it pop. But yeah, but in in you know my case and in your case it kind of alienated us a little bit. We're not going to stop ever buying or drinking anchor Steam if someone offers us one. We're not that yeah. jaded. <laughs> but we felt a little, I felt a little betrayed by the drastic means of how they went about it. Because they still could have kept. It still could have kept the same hierarchy, yeah. Too, but it, bottom line, it's it's a nice it's a nice redesign. It just was so far from the original that it was a bit jarring. Yeah. But we, we see why they do it and why most brands would do it is to generate sales and generate more, more talk and chatter like we're doing. But also to kind of make an impact on a broader audience, and and I think that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. oh man. Wow. So,
1: real quick. Mm-hmm. We'll end the show with talking about our, one of our favorite redesigns. And it can be recent or a long time ago. And because I've been thinking about this.
0: Yeah, you have to give me time.
1: I can go ahead and talk about mine. One of my favorite redesigns is the redesign of Chobani. And oh. I like when that came out so like chobani originally had that sort of very sort of clunky sans serif sort of evoked sort of a i don't know a uh european look you know to their to their logo yeah then when they evolved it into what it is now with and they were honestly i think one of the first brands to utilize that sort of like, um, that retro sort of 70s font for their logo.
0: They started that.
1: And so, yeah, so now we see the, the, and so that's why, so not only visually do I love the new look of Chobani and I appreciate how they have really evolved the Yogurt set um, and, and really sort of pushed it in a totally different direction and and got brands within their category, really rethinking how they present themselves. You don't have to follow this certain scripted um, look anymore. Now you can just sort of like be creative and be funky like Chobani did. Um, I also think that they've made such a lasting impact on the rest of packaging design, not just within um, not just within the yogurt category, but all over, because now you see the chabonification fication of yes. cashew chips yep. and and tortilla chips and, I mean, beverages, I mean, just everywhere. And I'm not, it's not, you know, some people are pretty, it's a little too close for my comfort as a designer, but other people are just, you know, sort of tapping into a, a really beautiful visual trend that a lot of folks are, are using. Yes. So um, so, yeah, that it was just sort of one of these things that it's like, I didn't know we needed this until they released it. And I'm like, OK, that that typeface is or in similar typefaces is what the world needed to yes. design things now. <laughs>
0: yes. No, it's like super, super sexy. Yeah. Um, no, dude, do that. That totally makes sense. I don't have a favorite Redesign, I can think of like just. I was super happy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I just can't top of my head. And be like, oh, I love this, just because I'm kind of a, a sentimental person who doesn't really. I mean, most most of us people will say they like change, but most of us don't like change. No, we don't like it. That's not true at all. I, you know what? Oh shit, you know the. Um, speaking of change. I recently, not recently, but a year and a half ago, we talked about this last week too, redesign the Micron pins by Secura. Yeah, that's a good segue. So that's the, there you go, man. Thanks for reminding me. Because um, that's that's <laughs> my favorite redesign of the past year. But, but the coolest part about, about doing that was just the ability to go in and really see what they wanted to do. And when you talk to the people there that were working at there, that had been there for a while, and they all really, really loved, loved the pack. And they were, they were very cautious about touching it and messing with it and doing anything awkward or weird or different because they had just gotten so used to seeing it. Sure. And so whenever you're approaching something like that, like we were saying, you have to be careful. And if the people who are working there are that cautious and conscientious about the pack and the effect that it has not only on them, but on the market, you really have to think about how how it impacts the consumer as well. Mm -hmm. And that's always something to keep in mind. I use Microns quite a bit. I'm not... I don't use them that often, but I use them quite a bit because I love drawing. And they're one of the few pins that when it hits the paper, it dries fairly quickly. So you're not dealing with a ton of ton of different um, ink running and thing of that nature. It's always just kind of kind of once it's on the paper, it's done, it's set, which makes it really nice. The lines are consistent. The ink is usually very good. So that that was something I kept in mind when i was thinking about this the other thing that really helps too is it already has a pretty strong blocking system with that magenta in the background
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: with with that strong color of of magenta or pink or whatever the fuck you want to call it in the background it really really um was was working well for me though everybody knows what you're getting when you're buying these they're pins right You you know they're pins they say they're pins and the one thing that really What's throwing me off? What's all the other shit on the front of it um, mm-hmm. with the website on, on it with Pigma color technologies, along with the AP and secure. It's like, can that go to the back of the pack? Because yeah. oftentimes just like when working on anything, you need to think about what are the most, especially packaging, what are the most important things or prominent things that need to go on the front of the pack? Uh, and then you can say, what can we put on the back legally? And also what is not going to be most powerful and impactful when we do that so looking at this package and really doing things I thought okay it's by Secura so I think that's important it has it has a number of pins it has a type of ink since that' see that logo changed so it has a type of ink that's being used and which brand it is now Secura makes the micron the micron PN the brush and the micron graphic those are all different different um, types of pins. And so the color palette for the Micron was an orange. And as you can see, man, this this thing was just the front of the pack on the old one was just so. It's tough.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a f- yellow against a, a pink, which is sort of in certain cases that works. And it's this high contrast sort of like colors that shouldn't go together, but attra- are attractive. Yeah. But in this case, they it's just very, it just feels very abrupt and not then work together.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too is never, this is something to keep in mind and where I've made a terrible mistake before is printing white on yellow. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't put it, no matter how dark you think the yellow is, it cannot be done. Um, You have to add some some cyan to it or something just to darken it up a little bit. When you add black, it muddies it and it turns it to this weird bad mustard color but if you add just a little bit to push it to be like a red orange um, that really helps so that's what we did here with the strong orange but kept white type add everything in front and then the colors themselves were indicated this is really weird the front of the pack has a clear capsule over it so you can see the top of the pins the actual pins but the bottom the pins were printed onto a piece of paper to represent the colors of the paper. Uh, oh, the pins, I'm sorry. So it doesn't make sense that you would have those printed on the bottom because why would you have the actual representation of the pin on top and then print the bottom of the pin on the bottom? On... So I initially had told them, well, let's just make this shorter so you can mm-hmm. just see, actually see the bottom of the pin. They said, no, because there's lots of shifts in here. This, yeah, the paper inside will shift up and down you won't be able to tell any anyway and it won't cover it properly and said okay mm-hmm. and so then I came up with the idea of just introducing the pin color right above the micron because they already had the bar here anyway. And as I'm explaining this to people, I'm, I'm just talking uh, because I'm talking to Andy and he's looking at the visual, but the choices that were made on the pre- on the previous package were not conducive to make sense. <laughs> Yeah, like like this five and then 45, they're apart from each other. Yeah. So the number zero five 05 represents the actual value of 0. 0.45 millimeters. So I said, why not put those together, which they did here. And then there was just, I mean, I really, I was really happy with the way this came out. And you simplified this, it, cleaned it up, you know, really
1: helped organize the information, um, and just provide them with a good um, system to to plug in all their other products and really when you probably look at it and like Michaels or in your local art store, it just all makes sense. It all flows and the information because that's what if you're using a micron, you're gonna be fairly you're gonna be a fairly technical artist and you have a very specific size that you go to and use. And so the last thing you want to do is pick up the wrong size, and, and sort of not know where to look for that. You've really given like a very distinct place to look for that. Just as an example, there's other nice elements that you've cleaned up here as well. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it's a it's a very big improvement.
0: Thanks, man. So that would be my favorite. Uh, yeah, mine. and you know, like <laughs> it's funny you were mentioning things that have come out you know a year and a half ago and. And we're not seeing them till now because of, of turnover and and inventory that needs to be gone through. Like your Lowe's lights from last week's, the GE Lowe's lights yeah. that were, and it's kind of like with these. Now these are popping up in, in Michael's and I told a friend about it and they took a picture. So now I'm going to have to go to the store and actually buy some product because I wasn't sent any samples. And that's another thing, two people who are listening to this, if, if your designer does work for you and you have it printed, send them a sample, send them something so they can see it. It really, it's a nice way of saying thank you. It's not necessary. It is kind of the unspoken rule, much like the unspoken rules in baseball, which no one fucking understands. But this one is usually one that happens is once you're done with the project with the designer, you send them either like a bottle of wine or if, if they've done a wine label, or you send them sometimes a case of wine depending on how large large the run is and whatever it was, but you send the people who worked on stuff, you send them something as the final product so they can see it. So this would have been nice to just get some, get some pins to. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're, we're just as invested in this, like emotionally as, as you are, you know, like we we created it and, um, and so, yeah, we want to see it in, in real life and, and appreciate it. As it's supposed to be and not in like you know flat mock ups or flat mechs in our in an in, in illustrator you know, like we want to get like in real life so yeah. Um, yes, please any brands out there when you're done with the project go ahead and just it doesn't shouldn't be that hard to just throw it all into a box and ship it on to your designer. <laughs> there it is. That last check. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: That's like that's like a bonus. That's our bonus, you know, for the yeah. (laughs) Oh man. No, this this has been super fun and and thanks for letting me share that that redesign with you. And oh you bet. And it was nice to be able to go over other redesigns and hear what you thought too, because you you think as a designer that you're gonna be super, super critical of things then also you can understand where where people are coming from and it's really nice to hear that you were feeling pretty much the same way i was about this stuff yeah so it's nice yeah <laughs> all right hey everybody thank you so much for listening to kirk and Kurtz packaging design podcast i'm kirk Faisola. i'm the creative director and founder of mind the font and he is
1: andy kurtz creative director and founder of buttermilk creative
0: and we will see y'all next time or wait we won't see we won't see you motherfuckers We will
1: options next week. Yeah,
0: (laughs) we will. We will allow you to listen to us again sometime soon.
1: But you know, it's a great time to catch up on all our previous episodes next week.
0: There you go, ding ding, plug, shameless plug, shameless plug. All right, everyone, thanks. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.